Welcome to Truth Talk with John Morgan of Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. Good morning and welcome to Truth Talk. My name is John Morgan with the Traders Point Church of Christ. I'm here with our evangelist, Jeremy Bard. And we are going to conclude our study through the Gospel of John this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 21 and look at how John concludes his account of the life of Jesus this morning. Real quickly before we do that, uh, we want to make mention of something that we're going to be doing here at the Traders Point Church of Christ on the fifth Sunday night of this month, the fifth Sunday night of March. We're going to be doing a question and answer style uh, uh, sermon, if you want to call it that, on Sunday evening, where we're inviting people to ask questions that they may have about spiritual topics or about uh, maybe particular passages in Scripture uh, that you have questions about. And we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say about those things. And we're inviting people to submit those questions to us either in person or you can do so on Facebook or through email even as well. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, Traders Point Church of Christ, you'll see an option to send us a message there. Uh, you can also send us an email at truthtalk at traderspointchurch.org, and we'll do our best to answer those questions if we're able to. And so we would love for you to uh, send us those questions if you have any, and we'll take some time on the fifth Sunday night of March to address those. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into our study of John chapter 21. So Jeremy, uh, you guys covered John chapter 20 without me last week, uh, but you and Brandon did a great job. So why don't you kind of bring us up to speed on where we are as John begins to wrap things up? Well, I mean, as we've made mention throughout the entirety of this story, uh, you know, John really does a good job chronologically of keeping the story of Jesus uh, where it needs to be. And so over the last really half of the book of John, he really slows that down, and it really becomes just the very end, the last couple of weeks, really, of Jesus' life is covered there towards, you know, the end of the gospel of John, the middle section to the end. And now that you see in John chapter 19, Jesus is put on the cross. We've talked extensively about that. And then last week with John chapter 20, the story of Jesus's resurrection. And when we think about just that resurrection and we think about the story. I mean, when you look at the other Gospels, there are lots of things that Jesus did after the resurrection. Mm -hmm. There's lots of people that he talked to. I mean, he, he, lots of people that he spent time with and, and talked to. But again, we, you know, we made mention even last week, and we're going to see it even in John chapter 21. It, John continues with the theme of almost Jesus and his interaction individually with yeah. people. And we made mention of that really in John chapter 20, you know, the story of the resurrection. John shares Jesus's very intimate interaction with Mary Magdalene. There, she's weeping at the tomb and thinking that, you know, someone has stolen the body away. And she's thinking Jesus is the gardener as she just is, you know, talking to them. And they have a very intimate moment. And even with Jesus appearing to his disciples once without Thomas and then again with Thomas, even though there are multiple people there, the the message is really Jesus' interaction with Thomas. Mm -hmm. That really becomes the focal point. And when you get into John chapter 21, what we're going to talk about this morning, it, it, even though there's several people around, I mean, the, the punch of the chapter really is Jesus' interaction with Peter right. in a very intimate kind of way. And, and I think we've seen that throughout. And we see that with Jesus and Nicodemus. We see that with Jesus and the Samaritan 
woman. Both stories you get just in the Gospel of John. And I think it's John really painting the picture that, and we've talked a lot about it, that this personal, intimate relationship that John certainly had with Jesus and these other people, that's the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us. And certainly the kind of relationship that that we can have with him. And so it's just interesting to see him kind of carry that theme, even to chapters 20 and 21, after the resurrection, that John tells these very intimate stories of Jesus with these mm-hmm. very in a very personal kind of way even though there's people around and he talks to lots of people but it is these stories that John includes and I, I love kind of along the same lines I, I love the way that John really throughout his gospel has given us some insight into the mindset of those individuals yeah. that Jesus is interacting with and some and the other gospels do that as well but I, I feel like John really it gives us some behind-the-scenes look into what these people were thinking as they interacted with Jesus or, or in specific moments. And I feel like we even get a little bit of that at the beginning of chapter 21 with, you know, we, we get the the indication that the, uh, the apostles here are going out to go fishing. And, and just thinking about that for a moment, you know, thinking about what their life has been like over just the past couple of days. Yeah. You almost get the impression that you see some guys here that are perhaps a little bit lost. They don't know exactly what to do with themselves right now. And so they do really the only thing that they know. I mean, they go fishing. That That's what they do. That's right. who they are. They're fishermen. And so you get this impression that these guys are unsure as to what the future holds for them. They're unsure about you know where Jesus is and what his relationship and interactions with them are going to be like. And I can imagine it's a confusing time for them. It's probably a scary time for them. It's certainly a time of uncertainty for them. And so you see some men falling back on the one thing that they know, and they go fishing. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a relatable yeah. uh, mindset because I think all of us would do the same thing. When we're at points in our lives where... Uh, we're unsure about things or things don't seem to make sense. We go back to what we know best. And for these guys, that was fishing. Yeah. And that's where they would go. And, and I think when we see them in this moment, that is such a, a human reaction to what's going on here, to just want to do something that you know so well that you feel so comfortable doing here. And that's where they are. And that's where Jesus finds them. And that's where those interactions are going to take place. But certainly as we get in, you know, we, we've talked several times about how you can kind of continue studying what the, these apostles are going to do through the book of Acts. But at this particular moment, these are a group of guys who are very unsure about their future. And so you see them going back to what they've always done. And that's where Christ finds them and has this interaction with them. Yeah, you almost get that. I mean, verse 3 of chapter 21 really paints that picture real well for me. After, you know, you have just verses 1 and 2, kind of just giving us an indication of who's around. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just a listing of the people, you know, that are there kind of together. And it it almost paints a picture that you're just exactly with with what you said. They just don't know really what to do. And Mm -hmm. so you have there in verse 3, Peter just basically announcing, listen, Fellas, I'm go- I'm going fishing, and he- and then yeah. them just sitting there and and like uh, we're 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 gonna go we're gonna go right. too, and it's just a really interesting you know picture that you know the way that that goes down where you know Peter's like listen I you know I, I'm going I'm going mm-hmm. out and 
you know, the others are, were, were going to go as well. And, and they go out and they get into the boat and they were out all night. You know, they don't catch anything. And, you know, I do find it, you know, interesting. We'll talk more about that here in just a moment. But, you know, these guys were professional fishermen and they yeah. made their living fishing. Right. They knew fishing. They knew where to go to catch the fish. They knew when to go to catch the fish. I mean, they were proficient yeah. at fishing. I mean, they made a living at it. But yet, biblically, every single time we see these guys actually fishing, they're terrible at it. Like, yeah. zero fish. I mean, they don't catch anything ever yeah. when you actually see them fishing. But I think that's by design because each and every time we see them actually fishing, when they don't catch, I mean, zero fish, Jesus enters the picture, mm. and now you know they catch they catch everything, yeah. and, and I, I think that's certainly by design. But I do think it's interesting that every time we see these guys actually fishing, they're like, "We were out all night long, we didn't catch one thing." Yeah, you're so right. I hadn't really thought about that, but that is so funny. And I wonder if they're like, "Oh man, here we go again." You know, here comes Jesus. And, but it's such an, an interesting picture because you're right; they've been out all night long. And they haven't caught anything. And then, you know, early in the morning, there's this guy standing on the shore. Mm-hmm. And I, I think John says he's, uh, I can't remember where it is exactly, a few hundred cubits, 200 cubits away, which yeah. I think is about 100 yards, if right. I figured that correctly. About 100 yards away. So obviously, you know, they probably aren't exactly sure who it is. Maybe they can't quite make him out. Um, but he asks them the question, you know, you have any food? And of course, the answer is no, because like you said, they can't catch any fish. And then he tells them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And they cast the net, and they were unable to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. You know, such an amazing moment right there for these men. And then we can obviously see the reaction as it kind of dawns on them, oh, <laughs> this is right. this is Jesus talking to us. This is the Lord who is here with us. And you see Peter's reaction there as he can't even wait for the boat to get back to shore. He just jumps into the water to go and see him. It's such a, again, such an honest moment for these men because, again, they see Jesus as their source of purpose and their source of direction. And so for him to be there again... That would give them so much hope and so much excitement because for the past three years or so, that that has been their life. They have relied on him solely for their direction and what they're right. going to do and what they're going to say. And so, and they, they just, they thought they had lost him. They thought they had lost him. And so to for him to be there with him with them again, I can almost just feel the excitement that Peter would have felt. Like, I've got to go see him again because he's he is my cornerstone. He's my anchor. He, he's the one who will tell me what to do and where to go. And I think that's such a, a beautiful picture of really how we should look at Christ. Because w- without him, we're lost. We're aimless. We don't, we don't have any direction. But when he's present in our lives, he is our source of direction. He is going to tell us what to do, where to go, what to say. We need to find those opportunities to spend time with him in those ways so that we can get the direction from him and allow him to to send us where he wants us to go. And I think that's what we see Peter so excited about here. Yeah, and and what I really like about the beginning of this chapter and and certainly the picture that John gives us, and and he's able to do it in such a way because he he was there. I mean, he was uh, was at the scene. He was on the boat. He was on the shore. He was eating breakfast with Jesus. I mean, he was there. And so he's he's able to paint the picture. But, you know, it's, it's just to me... I mean, this isn't Jesus speaking to thousands of people 
even though it was miraculous the way that the fish were caught. And miraculous, I think even it alludes to the fact that the net not breaking mm-hmm. even, I think, points to that way. But he's, you know, he's not, you know, performing some incredible deed, you know, here. The picture we get is Jesus just having breakfast with these with these guys and it is so real life to me i mean it, you know this moment is so real life mm-hmm. and yet you still see the desperate need that peter and the others have of jesus not i mean this is just at breakfast time right. i mean just a a very real moment that each and every one of us have. I mean, we eat breakfast. We, mm-hmm. you know, we we have these moments, and 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 it just. I think it goes on from where John was and the way that he's talked about. And at the end of chapter twenty, again, him alluding to the reason that he's writing, you know, the book, so mm-hmm. that we can believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And yet, you just the need for Jesus is all the time. It's not in our most difficult times, but it's it's an all-the-time relationship. And I just love how just real every day yeah. this story is here, yeah. but yet still reads with their desperation to be near him yeah. in this just kind of breakfast. It's just, it's only breakfast, but they're desperate to mm-hmm. be with them at breakfast. And it just, it really is striking to me you know, that just that real everyday kind of moment, but yet they're desperate to be near Jesus. Yeah. And again, I think you, you made such a good point there. It's such a human moment. Yeah. And I think we can all relate to this on some level. I mean, you know, I, I've lost a grandpa, and, I, you know, you've lost grandparents, mm-hmm. and I know people have lost parents or, or just friends that they're close to. And you have those moments of, man, I wish I could just have one more conversation with yeah. them. I wish I could just sit around the dinner table with them one more time. Because you miss those interactions with those people that you're close to. Right. And, and these apostles, they got that moment. Like, they yeah. watched Jesus die. He yeah. was gone. And I can only imagine, even though it was a short period of time, they probably had those thoughts of, man, I wish I could just, I wish I could just have one more conversation with him. I wish I could just see him one more time. I wish we could just have one more meal together. And they get that opportunity. And I just think about, man, if, if I actually had that opportunity, how exciting would that be? And, and they get to do that. And so I think that's where a lot of that excitement comes from because they thought he was gone. And, and of course, as we know, I mean, this is really the last interaction that they're going to have with right. him on earth, certainly as, as Jesus is going to ascend back into heaven. And so this is kind of their last opportunity to do that and to have those moments with Jesus. And so I think... We're seeing a very honest reaction from them. They're truly excited because they get to do what everyone wishes that they could do when they lose someone close to them. They get to have that one more time with them, one more moment with them. And, of course, I think that just uh, amplifies the significance of the conversation that Jesus is going to have specifically with Peter. Yeah, and certainly that's, you know, that is the individual, intimate conversation that really takes over chapter 21. You know, I, I think it's also interesting that this picture of Jesus we cont- that John continues to give us is one of a servant. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a mm-hmm. different level, it almost reminds me of of Jesus washing the disciples' feet the way that he mm-hmm. did. That John, you know, paints that picture for us. Certainly, mm-hmm. not exactly on the same level, but it kind of reminds me of that because Jesus is. I mean, he, he's he's cooking breakfast for them. Yeah. The story is very clear. He 
serves them breakfast. I mean, you get even down in verse 13 that Jesus came, took the bread, and he gave it to them. And likewise, you know, does so with the fish. I mean, so the picture is Jesus still serving these men. Yes, I know it's breakfast, and, yeah. but but yet still that picture is there mm-hmm. that Jesus is, he he's not the one, he's raised from the dead. I mean, he, he's not the one reclined back and yeah. having people yeah. feed him. I mean, he is still serving, you know, throughout this entire process. And it, it is always what is best. He always has them in mind. I mean, that's going to come into play when we talk about his conversation with Peter. Yeah. It is Peter in his mind. And so let's have a conversation about it. It is these men in his mind. He is serving them. And it's just, it's remarkable that over and over and over and over again, Jesus the King mm-hmm. is continually shown to serve. And it just, I mean, listen, just by way of easy application, I mean, listen, if Jesus is in a position to always be serving others, who am I ever to say I, I can step out of that? Yeah. I mean, that is a spot that he was always in, and it's a mindset we've got to be always in as well. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, you can go back to John chapter 17, and we talked about there, you know, some of Jesus' last conversations with the Father while he was on earth. He was praying for other people. <laughs> yeah. And we see, you know, here one of the last acts that he's going to do before uh, going back up into heaven is to serve others. And even in the conversation that he's going to have with Peter, his concern is on other people. Right. They're going to need to be fed after I leave, Peter. I need you to be the one to do it. doing this. And so you're right. His focus is, is, is so uh, driven by the needs of other people. And that's such a beautiful picture of our Savior to know uh, who he is and to see him as the king and yet at the same time to see him as someone who is so compassionate and so driven by the needs of others. And that's something he's clearly trying to instill in his disciples. And I think you're absolutely right. It's something he's he's still trying to instill in each of us. He wants us to be the kind of people that see and look for the needs of other people and how we can fill them and to be concerned about them, genuinely concerned about them, not superficially, but genuinely concerned about other people and their spiritual well-being. And that that defined Jesus in so many ways. And even here in in his last moments before he leaves earth, that's where his focus is. And it's such a powerful lesson, I think, for all of us to just give that some thought in our day-to-day lives. I mean, is that how we live our lives, just being genuinely concerned about the spiritual well-being of others and how we can serve them? Or do we get caught up in ourselves and what our needs are and what we want? I, you know, that, that's a, a question that all of us have to kind of grow in right. uh, as we mature in our relationship with Christ. But I think certainly it's, it's no, no accident that some of the last moments of his time here on earth are spent looking out for the needs of others. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. And, it, you know, it's easy for us to focus in on Jesus talking to Peter here. And it's certainly what Peter needed. There's no question yeah. about that. But, I mean, the concept of the conversation is not just on Peter. Right. It's about all of the people that Peter is going to have influence over. And yeah. and as you, you know, turn the page on the story of Jesus and you get into the book of Acts— and it becomes thousands of people mm-hmm. that Peter has an influence on. And, and Jesus is clearly even thinking about those folks. Yeah. Not just what Peter needs, but what the people who's going to be listening to Peter will yeah. need. And, you know, it's just, you know, Jesus being able to think that 
It's vision. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that, you know, that able to think that far ahead is something that we, we can't, we can do that as well. We can have mm-hmm. vision. We can look outside of ourselves. We can look outside of our own box. We can look outside of our own area. And whenever we do that and focus in on other people, that's more like Jesus. Yeah. And as Christians, yeah. that's what we should be striving to be. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes, you know, when you read this conversation between Jesus and Peter, I certainly don't think Peter had in mind what was going to happen in Acts chapter 2 where he preaches the gospel and thousands of people, thousands of people come to be a Christian at at that point in time. Certainly he's not thinking about that, but Jesus is, and he's trying to prepare him for those moments that, that Peter, right now you may not recognize the impact that you're going to have but it's going to be significant, and I want you thinking about those other people. I want you prepared for those moments, and that, I think, again, is such an important application for us. I mean, I'm not under the the illusion that, you know, you and I are going to preach Sunday and thousands of people are going to become Christians, but at the same time, I want to prepare myself to have as big of an influence for the gospel as I can. Right. That That's what I think Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to prepare ourselves to be that influence and to be that voice for him on earth. And that, in a lot of ways, is what he's been grooming his disciples for this entire time, is to be his voice for him when he's gone. And that, that, same, that same thing is true for us today. We need to be that voice for Christ, to lead other people to the gospel, to make that introduction to him through the Bible, and in doing so, prepare ourselves to have that impact in people's lives. And I think Peter was at that point in his life where the uncertainty of the future was very real for him. Right. But Jesus wanted him focused on the impact and the influence that he was going to be for good in people's lives after Christ left. And if only he could if only Jesus was able to kind of show him the future for just a brief moment, I think Peter's reaction here would probably even be much different than it was. But but I think during those moments in the early times in Acts I imagine it, there were times where his mind went back to this conversation that he had with Jesus, and he's like, this is what he was talking about. This is what I'm here right. to do. Yeah, and, and I think you, you used the word that I think is a key to this whole conversation, and that's focus. Yeah. That Jesus wanted Peter to be focused, and not not to be focused on how Peter reacted when Jesus was arrested and crucified. We know that story. <laughs> Jesus knew that story. He knew yep. what Peter and the way Peter would react it. Peter didn't think he'd react that way, right. but he did. He mm-hmm. denied Jesus. He denied even knowing him, and he did it t- time after time after time, three different times. And uh, we, we made mention of the impact that that would have had on Peter. Uh, the other gospel writers given us indication of even Jesus and Peter seeing one another in that moment and Peter being grieved. I, I, that's surely something that he has you know, been thinking about, but Jesus wanted to make sure that he's, he's focused on what's important. And what's important yeah. was Jesus knew what was about to come. After Jesus is gone, after he ascends, what's about to happen, Peter's head needs to be needed to be focused in. Mm-hmm. And it needed to be focused in on other people. Yeah. And that's exactly where he was. And so you get this picture of what really I, I think is a private conversation mm-hmm. between you know, Peter, even though we're, we're told there in, in verse 15 that, you know, they had eaten breakfast and Jesus says to Simon Peter, and it kind of gives, you know, the indication that they're all just kind of sitting there. But yet when you get down to, you know, verse 20, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, 
But, you know, it's, it, it, the indication is that they're away and that yeah. John is following even, you know, at some distance. Mm-hmm. So the picture there is that th- this is a private conversation yeah. that Peter has with Jesus. Now, through inspiration, we're able to get the inside of that, mm-hmm. that conversation. But this is a conversation between Jesus and Peter, and it's exactly what Peter needed to make sure his focus is where it needs to be. Yeah, and, and just real quickly, we've been talking about this conversation, yeah. and I, I have a feeling probably a lot of people who might be listening are familiar with this conversation. But there in verses 15 through 19, you can read that, and it's almost it, it's repetitive in a lot of ways. Jesus yeah. asks Simon, do you love me more than these? And Simon responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. And he basically says the same thing three times. Right. And we get that indication there in verse 17. And when Jesus asks him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? I've always found that interesting, that that, that insight, again, that insight into the mind of Peter is revealed for us here. Right. And I can understand why. He, he's, he's beginning to wonder, Jesus, why do you not... Do you not believe me, or, yeah. or do you have doubts about this? Yes, I love you. But I think what Jesus is, is doing here is he's, he's trying to push Peter a little bit. Because what's coming for Peter is going to be much more challenging than what Peter has even faced in the previous three yeah, years. Right. And he even alludes to it here, and, and you know history will tell us this. We get some indication in Scripture of some of the, the disciples and what, what their demise was. This is going to be a tough road for them, a tough road for them. Right. And most of them are going to end up being killed because of their faith. This is going to be a challenging time for them coming up. And so Jesus is pushing Peter a little bit here. He is wanting to challenge him on this a little bit because some superficial, yeah, I love you, Jesus, that's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. You have to be all in, Peter. And I think Peter got that point by the end of this conversation. He had to be all in. Yeah. And certainly, again, as those difficult times come his way over the next few years, I think, again, he's probably looking back on this conversation and realizing what Jesus was trying to prepare him for. Because in order for Peter to be able to do what he did and the other disciples to be able to do what they did, they had to be all in for Christ. And that's exactly, I think, what Jesus is trying to push Peter to recognize here. Yeah, I think you're right on. You made mention the point that's made is Jesus directly tells Peter, you're going to be killed for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, he tells him really in just in, in so many words in verse 19, th- this he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. I mean, that, th- that is an indication that you're, it's, not, it's going to be a difficult road for you, mm-hmm. but you, you're, you're capable of staying strong, mm-hmm. you know, to the point that losing your life for me and for mm-hmm. God— and you know, you just—it's an incredible turn that we see, certainly from Jesus, an incredible contrast, certainly from you know Jesus and Peter, when he tells him, "Listen, you're going to deny me three times," and Peter's like, "No, I don't think so." To now Jesus saying, "You're going to stand strong for me." I mean, that's basically where he gets to here. I mean, you are going to stand strong for me, and the incredible encouragement that that must have been. You know, for mm-hmm. Peter, I'm, yeah. and almost the indication that he felt so good about what Jesus said 
He, he wanted other people to be included, and that's where we may mention there in verse 20, you know, that Peter kind of turns and makes mention, I, I think, even though not here by name, but I think the writer John, as he writes yeah. this, is who Peter's talking about. And he, I think he's feeling so good about what's being said. He's like, well, what, what about, you know, what about John? You know, what about, you know, this guy, you know, back here? You know, Jesus, you know, he says in verse 22 that <laughs> if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Does it yeah. make a difference to you? And then I do find it interesting that, you know, that kind of almost spreads around a little bit uh-huh. that, you know, Jesus says that and, and people are starting to think that maybe John wouldn't die. But then right. history letting us know that John was the very last of all of them to die, that all of them would die, and there yeah, John, right. John remained, I mean, to be an old man, really, mm-hmm. imprisoned, mm-hmm. but yet still an old man. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of an interesting kind of end, you know, to, to that before, you know, John really concludes things in 24 and 25. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's interesting also that John doesn't tell us anything about Jesus' ascension right. here. We can read about that in, in Mark and Luke if we want some information about that. But it is interesting how, how John chooses to conclude things because he almost gives us an indication of, hey, there's a lot of other things I would love to tell you. Yeah. But, you know, that, that phrase that he gets there, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Just an indication here, there's just so much more that Jesus did, said, interactions that he had with people that, you know, he wishes he could include, but he just, he just can't. There's just so much to, to say about it. And I think that, that leaves us there just wanting more. I mean, we would love right. to read some of those things and hear about some of those things. Uh, but just another indication of just how much Jesus did during his time on this earth. I mean, it was it was so short by the world's standards, and yet he did so much while he was here. And, and the influence and the impact that he had, not just on his disciples, but obviously on, on the lives of so many uh, after him, it's so impactful to read something like this and just think about uh, how he left his disciples in this moment and really the impact that he has on us still today. Yeah, I do really like the way he closes here by basically saying there's just so much more. But you also get the picture that he's also saying ending it here is just as good of a spot as anywhere else (laughs) with this really intimate interaction. This last picture really we have of Jesus Mm -hmm. that John gives us a very personal conversation one-on-one with Peter. Absolutely. Well, we'll go ahead and stop there, and we'll conclude our study through the Gospel of John. Hopefully this has been something that's been helpful to you and perhaps given you some things to think about uh, in your own time of study. Uh, We're going to pick up next week. We're going to begin in Ezra. We're going to study through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah beginning next week, so hopefully you can join us for that. Uh, We want to thank everyone for taking some time to study with us this week, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Truth Talk with John Morgan of the Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. You can hear Truth Talk every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on 98.9 FM WYRZ.